morning. Take your Bible, turn with me if you would to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 gives us the details of the first Passover. Follow along as I start reading at verse 1, and I'm going to read down through verse 14. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they, uh, where they um, uh, eat it. Uh, then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roast in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs, its entrails. And let none of it remain until morning. What remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, with sandals on your feet, with your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord." Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance." As we come to Exodus chapter 12, we understand that there are nine preceding plagues. We are now at the tenth plague, and the culmination of what uh, God is doing in securing the release of Israel. But we need to understand in the context of what is happening that the release of Israel is almost secondary in the plan of God for what is happening. If God wanted to secure the, the release of Israel, he could have said, Moses, just get everybody to pack their stuff together and you can walk out and nobody's going to touch you. He, he, could, he could have done it that way, but that isn't what he wanted to do because what he is doing is he's making a point and that point is demonstrated, for example, in verse 12. If you look at the end of verse 12, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. 
And in fact, if you look back at the previous verse, what is a previous chapter, what occurs several times through these plagues in chapter 11, verse 10, so Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. Now notice the next phrase, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. And I think there would have been multiple times through these plagues that God um, could have secured the release and Pharaoh would have willingly said to the people of Israel, go and just get out of here so we can have peace. But God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. God wasn't done yet making his point. What was his point? Well, I think his point in chapter, chapter 12, verse 12, is I am going to demonstrate that I alone am God, not the gods of Egypt. And so we have now, um, you know, of, of all the ancient um, uh, civilizations, we probably know more about Egypt than many of the other civilizations combined. Is one of the fascinating things I have in, when, I, when, I, uh, when I sit down and I, I'm looking for a program to watch, oftentimes I land on something that has to do with the history of, of Egypt and, and uh, of, of their different dynasties and the kingdoms and all that is part of that. And, and many of the gods of Egypt have to have a lot to do with the firstborn. And not just, not just the tenth plague, but actually all nine plagues, I think, are addressed at the gods of Egypt. But in particular, this tenth plague. And so you have, for example, Pharaoh's son, the firstborn, uh, who, who is in line to be Pharaoh, who was to be worshipped. By the way, um, it's, it's, it's clear in the text that the Pharaoh of the Exodus wasn't a firstborn son, or he would have died. It's kind of an interesting, interesting understanding when you look at the timing and the history of Egypt, of the, of the Exodus. But you have men, the god of procreation and reproduction, Isis, uh, who had the power to produce offspring. Hathor, who is the goddess of love, one of seven deities who attended birth and, and, a, and a child's uh, coming. A, the apis bull was always the firstborn. The apis bull is the foundation of the sacrificial system of, of, of Egypt. The apis bull was always a firstborn bull and was the embodiment of Osiris, the god of the Nile the god of fertility. And even in the, in, the, uh, in, in, in the mummification of the apis bull, it was always recorded the, the number of years that that, that that bull lived. God is addressing in the release of Israel, he is, he is demonstrating himself to be the true, the living God, not these false deities, of Egypt. Verse 12, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. And I want us to understand as we think about what the, what the, the, this Passover event is doing, not only to Egypt, 
But it is a, it is a, a memorable, memorable event for the world. If, if, you go, if you go back and you look at, at, at the book of, of, um, of Joshua, when, when Jericho trembles, when the people of Israel come, what is it that they remember? They remember the release of, Egypt, of, of Israel from Egypt. They still remember that 40 years later. This is designed to, to affect not just Israel's release, but it is, it is designed to cause the world to stand up and notice who is the true and the living God. And this is so, so um, monumental in Israel's history that it's going to establish a new calendar. If you look in, in verse 2, this month shall be the beginning of months. You're going to measure time in Israel for the rest of your existence based on this event. This event is going to, uh, to reorient how you think about your existence in this, in this world. And then we understand in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ is our Passover. And so we understand in this, in this story that, that there, is, there are layers going on. This is not just a simple story, but there are layers here uh, that, that in fact, there, you know, it's like a little bit like an onion with all of its, all of its layers. It's hard to get down to the, the actual essence because there are so many things that are happening in, in this passage. Exodus 12 is a, a prophetic passage that looks forward to the cross. The events of what we are going to do this morning, just a, just a few moments with the table are, are the, the attempt that the New Testament makes for us to draw our attention backwards to the cross. And so that cross of Christ as the central focus becomes what Israel was to anticipate and what we today, what we remember. There is a symbolism that is embedded in Exodus chapter 12 that, that just carries its way through our theology even, even today. And so I want to just, we're, we're just going to walk very simply. I have a little twist in the middle of the sermon. We're going to have a little bit of a detour in the middle of the sermon as we, uh, as we get going. But I want you to think with me at, at, at what is happening here. And so in chapter 12, verse Three. I want you to see that there was to be a lamb without blemish. Or excuse me, a, uh, in verse 3, a lamb for each house. In, in, in fact, in verses 3 and 4, there's, a, there's an accommodation in case your house isn't large enough. Now, you had to, one of the things that you had to do is you had to eat the entirety of the lamb. And so if you've got, you know, um, if, 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 if the household is, is me and thee, 
and we have to eat a lamb in one night, we're not going to get much accomplished. And so there's an accommodation here. But what I want you to understand is that it wasn't a corporate lamb. It wasn't a lamb for the entirety of Israel. But it was, it's, there's, a, there's an individualized sense here. There is a sense in which the, the, the participation is not corporate, but it is, it is uh, an individual response. Each house was to have their own lamb. In, in, in verse 5, we see that, that it was to be, secondly, a lamb without blemish. A lamb without blemish. Uh, we understand 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, says that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. You take the most costly things that you can think of. That's not what purchases redemption. But it is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and this, this lamb was to be without blemish. You know, if you're, going to, if you're going to try and put one over on God, um, you know, the, 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 the Lord had his way in the Old Testament of getting the best of the crop, the best of the flock, uh, what was often called the first fruits in the, in the pressing of, of, the, of the olives, it was the first pressing that was to be given to the Lord. Not the, not the second, the third, the fourth, but the first pressing. And understand that, that it was to be a lamb without, without blemish. Thirdly, we see in verse 6, it is a lamb examined. It is a lamb examined in, in, in verse 6. Now you shall keep it until the... 14th day of the same month. Now, look with me, if you will, just if you go back up to verse 3, notice that on the 10th of the month, you're to choose the lamb. On the 14th of the month, you shall kill it. Okay, so what's going on for four days? Well, for four days, you are to examine this, that this lamb is actually uh, a, a lamb that is worthy of dying for uh, the application of his blood to save your family from the Passover. So keep your finger here, but look with me, if you will, at the passage that we read in John chapter 12. Here's... Here's the twist, and what I want you to, 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 to think through with me is how does, now we've talked about symbolism, we've talked about how Exodus chapter 12 is filled with symbolism, how does it work itself out? Well, I believe that the, the examination of the lamb, which begins on the 10th, you select the lamb on the tent, supposed to be without blemish, so you can't get a defective lamb. You know, don't pick the one with three legs. You know, what do you do with a lamb with three legs? Well, uh, well, let's offer it to the Lord. He won't mind. Well, yes, he will mind. He doesn't want one that's defective. So it, it, can't, be, it can't be with blemish. 
But do you, is it is it healthy? Is it is it uh, is it a proper sacrifice to the Lord? And so for four days, this lamb from the tenth to the fourteenth is to be examined. So now, when you come to John chapter twelve, and we read that that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, and in verse thirteen, they took out branches of palm trees. And, uh, and they lay them down on the road. By the way, we had in our, in our uh, church in New Jersey, probably half or more of our church in New Jersey were, were, were people who were saved out of Catholicism. And one of, the, one of the really hard things they had giving up, not everybody, but many of our, many of our folks, was the idea on Palm Sunday that the, the Catholic Church would give out a palm. And so many of our folks would go on, on uh, early on a, on a Sunday, Palm Sunday morning to the Catholic Church, because we didn't give them. They would go to the Catholic Church and get their palm, their palm and they would come to our church with a, with a palm, for palm for Palm Sunday. And uh, I, I, it's okay, it's all right if they, if they, if they want to do that. But that isn't, that isn't necessarily how we process it. But, but understand, here is, here is a city that, as Jesus comes in, is honoring the Lord, but, it is, but it's one of the strangest events in the lifetime of Christ. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of interesting and peculiar events that happen during the lifetime of Christ. But here, the... The, the city that, that is going to crucify him, cry out, crucify him in just a few days, is honoring him as a conquering king. It's really an intriguing uh, demonstration of the, some of the fickleness of, uh, of, of Israel. But what is happening here in the triumphal entry, I believe, is actually the, it is the public examination of the Lamb. It is on that, that Sunday, that what we call Palm Sunday, it is an opportunity for, for the, the, the people of Israel and anyone who's looking to publicly examine the lamb that would be slain to see if there's any blemish, to see if it is a, a worthy sacrifice for what is coming. And so I think Palm Sunday actually serves a, a critical function in the, in the picture of Exodus chapter 12 of our Lord Jesus Christ examination as a lamb that would be slain. Now the, 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 the events of Palm Sunday do, do several things for us. First of all, we understand from the quotes that, that John gives us, and by the way, this is, this is quoted, I believe, in every gospel, with some with more details than, than what John gives us. It's in, it's in each of the gospels. You have, you have the fulfillment of prophecy. These gospel writers say that this is, this is a, a, a embedded in the Old Testament. And what I, what I find interesting is that they find other passages, not Exodus chapter 12, interestingly, 
which is maybe where I would have thought they might go. But here, here it is, the specific fulfillment of prophecy. But not only that, it is, it is the, 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 the public proclamation of Christ as king. Notice in verse 15, behold, your king is coming. Here is the announcement of, of the king, not coming as the ruling, conquering king, but as the king that would offer his life for his people. But then what you have as well is you have this public examination. I think there are three very specific purposes that are accomplished on Palm Sunday as Christ enters into Jerusalem. So go back with me now to Exodus chapter 12. And I want you to think with me, not only that there was a lamb for each house, there was a lamb without blemish. The lamb was to be examined, but in verse 6 as well, the lamb must be slain. In verse 6, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And so there is to be this this, um, story of the cross in a seed form where the lamb was to give his life. Now, what I find interesting is that not only is the lamb giving his physical life because you're going to eat it, you're going to consume the, 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 the lamb, but the, but the lamb's blood also, number five, the, the blood must be applied. And so in, in, in verse 7, we read, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel. That's, the, that's the, uh, the piece that goes over the top of the door of the houses where they eat it. Really, God, you want us to do what with the blood? You want us to... You, you want us to put it where? Don't you know that it's going to smell? Don't you know that I just painted the door last week? Come on, you gotta be, there's got to be a different way to do this than, than that. But there has to be this, this public display. So first of all, it's a public display. But it also is part of understanding that you're operating by faith. You are are applying the the blood of this lamb in a way that, you know, under anybody's terms, it's an odd way to do this. But your obedience is a demonstration of, of faith. Look with me, look with me in, in Hebrews chapter 9. Just a couple of verses here. Hebrews chapter 9. If I can find Hebrews, there we go. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or no forgiveness. 
Chapter 10, verse 4, it is not possible with the blood of goats to take away sin. Understand that the, the, blood, the blood of bulls and goats is, is essential. But it is not the, 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 this lamb that t- took the sin away. It is the lamb that this, this Passover points to. It is as it points to the cross. Now back in Exodus chapter, chapter 12. Number five, the blood must be applied. And in verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the blood shall not be to you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Number six, in verses eight through 11, the lamb must be eaten, every bit of it. There's the full application of of not just the blood, but of the body. I I think there's a a picture here, not only of of, of our our Lord Christ, but also of, of, of his word. And we understand that that uh, uh, the Lord's table begins at this concept, at, the, at this place. Number seven, we have in verses 12 and 13 what we call the Passover. As the, the, the angel of the Lord passes through Egypt, every doorpost and lintel that had the application of blood That angel of death passed over that house. That's literally where Passover comes from. He would pass over a house where there was an application of blood. And every house where it wasn't applied, the firstborn died. Firstborn not only of the family, but of all animals as well. I will pass over you. And then number eight. In verse 14, this day shall be to you a memorial. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. This Wednesday is Passover. Um, Israel will stop to remember the release of of, of, of uh, Israel as a nation from Egypt. But they are missing the point that it's not just about the release of Israel, but it's about what God was doing in looking forward to the cross. And just as Israel was to look forward to the cross, the sacrifice of our Lord, so today... In the elements of these ta- the table, we look backwards. The bread representing his body, the cup representing his blood. And so the question for you today and for me is, what is our relationship to the, the lamb? What is our relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ? What is your relationship? As we think about his, his, his public on Palm Sunday, his, his public presentation for examination. 
is your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Christ is, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ is our Passover. And what a blessing it is, what, a, what an opportunity it is for us to think of him who gave himself for us, for me, for you. He who died on the cross to save us from our sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Thank God there was the shedding of blood because now there is forgiveness of sin through, our, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that is ours as we come before your throne, as we come before this table, as we think of the blessings of, of what was accomplished even on Palm Sunday in the public examination of our Lord. And we ask, Father, today that you would bring honor and glory to yourself through these events as we worship you in this ordinance. In Jesus' name we pray.